Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 43, and today we are going behind the story. I'm your co-host, Nigel. I'm Tazzy, streamer and co-host. And our guests for today's episode are fellow comic creators, Pernificent. Uh, so we'd like to welcome Anthony and Stephen to the show. Welcome, guys. Hi. Cool. Thanks for joining us. Um, so yeah, we're going to sort of uh, dig into your your comic work um, and uh, some work you do with young people as well. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. I just want to remind people that you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. As always, you can send us feedback to feedback at mymatter.com. Uh, or throw your questions at us on social media, uh, at MyMatter on Twitter, at MyMatterTees on Instagram, or at Tazzy on both. Uh, we're going to get straight into our questions for today. So let's get to know our guests. So like I said, we're talking to Anthony and Stephen, uh, who have created uh, Pernificent, um, who... So you guys, you make comics and through those comics, you address relatable issues in society. And then uh, as I understand, because I was checking out your website, like you offer digital services, like including animation and t-shirt design and story creation. So definitely want to pick apart like all that stuff uh, with you. But the first thing I want to get to and just like let people know, because I, um, so I first met, we we're just trying to figure this out um, yeah. before the recording. I first met you guys. Last year, we pinned it down to last year. Obviously, like with the pandemic, like time has just like compressed and everything. So, but um, especially exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we met at the uh, at City Hall in London uh, through a project called the Mayor the Mayor of London's Culture Seeds. And I remember I saw you guys at um, like you had your table set up and you had your comics and that just like caught my eye. So can you explain the comic that you were presenting there, which is called Knife Boy? So can you explain just a bit about that story and how you got involved with the Culture Seeds project? So that, that comic was based off events that happened in my area, Bellingham, um, a young boy was stabbed um, in an altercation and obviously what was going on last year and the year before in general in London was there was a, a big rise in knife crime. So we thought we're tackling social issues with comics. How can we not do knife crime? So that's how it got started. So we got into culture seeds. We just applied for the, the grant and we were accepted. And then and to, yeah, they invited us to City Hall to you know present the comic or basically have a table. And yeah, that's basically how we met you. So the comic yeah. is basically on the comic is basically on how knife crime can affect local communities, especially young people like 15, 14. So it talks about how young people can get into knife crime, what to do, what they do when they're in the, that lifestyle. And we talk about ways that kids can avoid it, especially because in our comics, we have questions at the end. And those questions go through different topics of the story. For example, why did Troy is the main character of Knife Boy? So it'd be like, why did Troy feel like he needed to resort to knife crime? What was the mm. cause of his fears? You know, why? What? How did his mom feel when he was stabbed, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So that's the gist of it. 
yeah, I get that's a good um, approach just to make like pull people in with the the comic story and then make them think through those questions, um, maybe think about their own actions. Because first and foremost, we try our best to make an engaging story. First and foremost, then we weld the comic, the sorry, the the social issues into them. So that's like, that's actually our storytelling technique. Actually, we think of the issue we want to talk about, such as knife crime. Then we think we think what relate to our target audience, young people, the best, and we go from there. Okay. And was Knife Boy the first comic you'd done together, or even individually? Knife Boy was the fourth comic we'd done together. The first comic that we is the first comic issue that we really felt that we needed to tackle. Yeah, I, I guess the earlier comics were more kind of watered down for younger kids. So I would say stuff like. Continuum's Rick and Right. I think Mapway was the first one that really touched people going out in like deprived areas and was more attack on crime and less watered down, more raw. And that's the one that got the most attention. Yeah, because I, I thought it's quite topical because, like you say, at the time we just come. So, because we met the beginning of last year and the previous year. So, uh, let me do my maths, uh, 2018. Um, there'd been a lot of talk, and always is in, in London, um, just about knife crime yeah. and, uh, and young people. So, but I think in particular that period of time, it sort of the, the you know the talk around it had risen, the statistics you know had, had risen. So what you're doing is quite topical, but also quite I don't know if controversial is the way is the word, but just like even the title like knife boy <laughs> that that is a title yeah. that you know i'm gonna well I'm gonna so something that will catch people's eyes yeah yeah um so yeah interesting to know it's the, the fourth comic and do you guys have a, a background in like art illustration or storytelling or is this something that you've you've self-taught well it was a long story we actually started um when we went to, it was like how, how long ago was it Auntie? was it Years ago, nine years ago in Lewisham College. Well, was it 10 years even? We studied um, media and our final project was to create like an art piece or something. So we asked, oh, because Anthony was already writing in his own time. So we thought, okay, let's make the story into a comic as our project. And the story writing came from there. So was that the first like comic you'd made or, or worked together? That was that year. That was in 2012. I guess you've got your universe. I guess you you can say we first created a universe in 2012 in our project. But then okay. what we're doing now are spinners of that universe. So we haven't actually released our actual original universe that me and Stephen created yet. These are just... Oh, okay. You know that Marvel like, has their universe and they have sub-stories. So this is sub-stories from the universe, the piece of all that we created. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I, I understand the language of universes and uh, in comics, definitely. So, um, so then, uh, so I guess yeah. Then this started with the sort of around college time, and and when did things yeah. become sort of official for you? As in, like you know, setting up the company, and like now it's now it's beneficent. It's not just uh, Anthony and Stephen. It's it's beneficent, and we're going and we're making this a, a thing now. When did that happen? Oh, officially late. Early 2018, two, like late 2017, we incorporated. Yeah, but the, the ideas for the company mainly started um, a while after we finished our course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Anthony met up with Camilla from Kids, Kids Com- Company. Okay. Yeah, he talked to her about his ideas and she uh, provided a mentor for us. And the mentor 
this is actually a big deal for us. The mentor brought us, he, he read about our story, our comic stories, and he brought us this comic from America called The Time Traveller. Mm. And this comic was based, was, was targeted for kids. And at the end of the comic, this is our, our big, the big deal for at the end of the comic, there were questions, right? And we thought, wait, hold on. Even he talked to us about this. He was like, wait, hold on. You can use this to tackle issues for people that we relate to. For example, we thought of what did what we what would have we wanted when we were kids? We were going through our own problems. What we, could we have used to help us? So we thought, okay, we like to write stories, but let's add a, a spin to it. So we thought, okay, the first comment we made was, um, can two remember anti can two wrongs make a right? So we're thinking, what type of issues can we put in our comic stories? That's basically where it all came from. Oh, cool. So like seeing someone else's work, that then gave you that the idea That's for the yeah. yeah for the approach that you take. Because to be fair, you kind of use an inspiration because when I looked at it, it was more babyfied and more on topic that's relatable to American girls. Yeah. When you say less relatable in like the, the kind of topics that were being touched on in this other work. Yeah. And it's more, I would say, more country-related. So it was more US sort of issues that they were looking at, I guess. Whereas then we want to tackle stuff worldwide, but first do UK stuff that, are, that we've experienced and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're going through. Yeah, I get it. No, that's an important distinction because a lot of the time, it's weird, like, American culture, it kind of, it sometimes gets transported here. But, like... Yeah. Our problems aren't necessarily <laughs> as, uh, as American problems, and our like um, experiences aren't necessarily the same. But just because a, a lot of their culture comes in here, we just sort of take them on board sometimes. But yeah, it's an important thing to sort of separate, especially for what you're doing and trying to reach a particular audience. So, like you mentioned, like with all the like the social themes that run through your work, um, and even you actually you touched on Marvel. Uh, and I was thinking, I was thinking that earlier, um, and why you didn't go with sort of necessarily doing like superhero characters. Cause when I like, cause I will also do workshops and, um, obviously everyone knows Marvel DC and that tends to be a, a thing, just like we'll, we'll create superhero characters. Um, you haven't necessarily yeah. done that. So was that like a, a conscious thing that you've, you've done or, or why did you not go the, we'll just make superheroes? I just I felt like I think we felt that we wanted to create, especially with our series. This is the spin-off series we made. So all the, all the comics now we made are the spin-off series for our main universe, which is kind of a superhero story. Kind of, it's more it's closer to you know manga. Yeah, our manga has it's, it's closer to manga kind of stories rather than a traditional DC Marvel superhero story. But these specific sub stories are made to be more grounded directly relatable to the kids reading it so for example they'll see because where we grew up we grew up in south london they'll see characters that look like them that they can relate to yeah. you know like troy for example main character knife is a 15 year old kid just like all the kids were trying to uh, run workshops with just like them and uh, we hope that they could see themselves in these characters and hopefully can touch them more than seeing uh, a flying superhero and and also, yeah, I mean, so what we're trying to say is, you, you don't need powers to be a hero. That's the main thing. So you can be heroes. And during this story, own community. Yeah. So so during the story, there's people called the Freedom Fighters. So throughout the episodes, they're doing hero, heroic stuff, but that's because they're not glamorous and they don't they're not sharing powers. It doesn't mean, and that's that's the message. That's the main message. 
we're trying to show to to young people that you don't actually you can do amazing stuff with that power. You can yeah. do that lots of stuff. But I guess I I do get what you mean. I get that a lot of people want to see action power, but sometimes um, we went down the more the grounded sort of storyline where it's not exaggerated powers. It's just people doing great stuff, using their power to to make the world better without actually having superhuman strength, etc. And, and the funny thing about that, yeah, our world is actually set in a sort of fantasy world. It's we made it because it's based on our actual superhero story, kind of superhero story. I would say our actual story is like our stories are based in London. But it's like a futuristic version of London. So you'll see, uh, it's basically like a kind of a, a, a f- uh, dystopian future where machines are mainly taken over. But we, we thought, okay, in this type of world, there, there are going to be normal people living their lives. So let's use those stories. Let's take pocket pockets of communities in the stories. What are they going through? How can we relate that to what we're going through now in London? So that's basically it. Yeah, I understand. That. I think that's a good approach, especially for like the audience you're, um, you're like uh, working with. Um, and I think sometimes with superhero stories, I mean, you know, obviously we all like um, good superhero stories, but I think sometimes you can, it can, like you say, it separates you from the fact that you can take action in in your own life, and when you see like. You, people with all these like crazy powers you think oh i i need that to make a difference when well yeah. one that's not even real <laughs> and and um yeah it, it's not it's not about that it's about the that like, character as as in the, the person yeah. the actual character who they are and what they believe in all that and that's the thing comic comic writing is a, a storytelling media or sorry a storytelling medium so it doesn't have to be superheroes it can be about anything to exactly. be honest to be fair i feel for us I feel it'll be a lot easier for us to react stories with superheroes. I feel it was more challenging. I see it like, you know, like, what's the word? Of, you know Deadpool? Do you like Deadpool? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I like, one thing I like about it, because it shows he's just doing like crazy stuff and he doesn't necessarily have power, but he's <laughs> yeah. just really good at what he just does what he does. So I guess you, you can write stories where like, our characters do crazy stuff. There's a little bit of powers like Shadow, one of the characters. She could go in and out of places undetected. She's very good at sword fighting. So yeah. there, there is, we, we do have characters, but they don't necessarily have the over, over, um, more just skill, actually. Yeah. And it's mm. more like street knowledge as well. Like you have Zach, he's very street knowledge, street knowledge. He knows how to get around, how to avoid robots, etc. So everyone's got their special gifts. And I guess, our, well, our latest state of mind, our mental health comic, we do kind of, bring our original superhero character so it's glimpse of his power in it yeah. um okay. they actually exist in that world. yeah okay so that gives you more i guess flexibility to go in that in that direction yeah. and, and still keep it grounded yeah as, I, as you brought up state of mind i was going to um mention that because i saw on your website like sort of that the topic of mental health um and that kind of comes across clear when i when i visited your your website so I wanted to ask, like, what what importance does like mental health have on you, you personally, and um, why was it important to bring that in the form of a story? So I guess so. State of mind. I'm not sure if you know that was supported by South Council. Um, so the whole whole project they sort of helped us, they funded it, 
And we, what we wanted to do, we wanted to create comic books and workshops around mental health. And why it's relatable to us is, um, yeah, everybody, everybody goes through their own mental battles, but it wasn't, it wasn't spoke about enough in the black community. And we thought, because um, if you ask my parents what mental health is, they, they never spoke to me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they never, yeah, they never were. And so a lot of, friends I know were suffering due to mental health because they didn't know what it was, they had no one to speak to. Um, so I had friends commit suicide over mental health, uh, both of them. So it was very, it was very deep to me. And even when I was growing up, I was probably suffering with mental health, but I didn't know what it was. So, and when you're young, especially in like areas we grew up in, like Campbell or Peckham, um, yeah. they sort of kind of, they kind of blank it out. So they kind of make you not be emotionless, so like emotions is kind of weak, so you don't really get to express yourself as much. So I thought kind of very important to let kids know that look, um, there's nothing wrong with expressing feelings, and it's better to talk about it. So and I and I feel it was challenging for me, Stephen, because it was very hard to do a mental health comic. So we had to proper think and think and think hard, and just get the balance right. Um, so we like challenges, I guess. We knew that would be the more most challenging topic topic to write about because you have to get the balance right. And there's not that much comics that dealt with mental health, and the ones they do, they really do that well. So <laughs> it was quite hard trying to do it, but we managed to do it, I guess. No, it's cool. And what the actual state of mind story? What is that about? So it was based on Anthony's friend, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's based on because what we do, we don't like. Like Stephen pointed out when we was both, because we sometimes we have disagreements with what we want in the story when we're creating it. So what we do want to do, we want to talk about mental health, but we don't want to exactly take the story. We're not. It's not. A, it's based on the story, so we're just using glimpse of the story, but then we're making it to our own. So in a state of mind, it's basically just a glimpse of he struggles with mental health and 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 what happened. And we also and I also wanted to touch on the violent effects that that um, kids go through is actually mental effects, but people don't notice it. So, for example, a lot of people have been through, like, knife violence, have seen gunshots, and that plays on the, uh, a guy's mental state, but nobody really understands why kids do crazy stuff sometimes. You can, um, so we wanted to touch a bit on that, the effects, like gang involvement, gang violence, gang wars can have on the state of mind. And also... Um, go through what what he went through. Yeah, didn't they also say that kids, young people that are in gangs and go through gang violence have the similar mental effects as people that come back from war? Oh, really? Well, that's crazy, so... Oh, what's that? Post-traumatic stress disorder? The same level as people that come from come back from war. Yeah, and people people need to realise it's so deep because, like, you can... Because you know that nowadays, social media is so crazy where you, you can actually, like... Someone can send you a video of someone cutting off their hand. Someone's hand mm. getting chopped off. And it's so crazy. Like, just watching that alone can mess up your mind. Like, yeah. people don't understand the amount of violence people see every day. And it's it's become the norm. Like, mm. Yeah, no, it is. You get desensitized to it. So, yeah, I think it's important to have those kind of conversations of how to deal with that and, and like, the impact on sort of young people's mental state. Yeah, I think it's especially important to have something uh, that can really um, sort of reach out to young men in particular, because 
as a group, young men are like the the highest suicide rate and like the most affected by mental health, especially like with, you know, the idea that I think you touched on it earlier, that emotions are somehow weak, which they're definitely not. And I think that is so important that you're, you're adding that in a, in a story and a medium that is so relatable in a form that's like they're already consuming. It doesn't feel like someone's like talking I don't, not talking down at them, but you know what I mean. Talking to someone exactly. Like, it, it doesn't feel like we're lecturing them. Yeah. And um, actually, one of the things that I wanted to mention, I kind of uh, buried the lead, but you are uh, black comic creators, and your your character, the characters in your comic uh, are black. So yeah, uh, I wanted to highlight that because. Uh, I mean, you will already know, but that's not a common thing. Um, and <laughs> it's not at all. No, uh, like you know, I sort of exhibit at Comic Con um, and you know, places like that, and you kind of you, you do sometimes look around and it's like, well, this is yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm in the minority <laughs> here. It's very very apparent. So yeah, what does it like mean for you to be able to create like comics with black characters? And what's been the response to that? It's actually been, been very positive because the main, like I was talking about knife crime, they say that basically where we grew up, knife crime is basically majority black people in where we grew up. So to make it as relatable as possible, we need to use the characters that directly represent realities of what we're talking about. And it's also because when I grew up, I never really saw black comic book characters at all. So I feel really pl- proud that we have the opportunity to bring more characters to the main stage that's one of yeah. our main goals like and then with the characters like what has been the particular response to to seeing black characters in comics whether it's from like your intended audience or just like other people um that have come across your work a lot of black people that even if they're not comic fans they're really happy that we're using black characters that's the simple thing they're just happy to see just like how people were so happy when black panther came out people were like oh we need more of a black representation in this type of media because it's not enough there's not there's no like let's say there is that if, if you look deep into comic books you will find black characters but they're not as popular as characters like superman batman spider-man there is a, even even miles morales black spider-man he's not as popular as peter so mm. well, he's coming into popularity yeah, Basically. he's getting his his uh his, yeah, his yeah, film, his, his video game. His film, yeah. Yeah. So that's, see, that's a good thing. So I just hope that we can help push more diversity in, in comic books, film and media, you know what I mean? No, I totally get that. I think in, in many industries, not just uh, uh, comics, so it's like we also work in comics and like video games. It's, it's the same story, just that in different industries. So yeah. uh, it's definitely a, a good thing. Even something as simple as a video game where you create your own character. There's only like two black hairstyles, even one. Don't even get me started on yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> there's no female, there's no afros, there's no natural hair at all. The only thing about that is you don't know how hard it is to find artists that can draw black characters. Because it, it, there's not that many black characters mainstream, so they don't really have references too much to go from. So like, um, I guess... To generic characters, they've got lots of references because there's how many Caucasian characters from Green Lantern to Superman, etc. So it's easy to draw a character from them. But where you don't really have that much black character references, 
Um, it's hard to the ones that I can think of was Black Panther Storm off heads. Yeah. Um, there wasn't that many, so that's a black, that's a male and a female, but there's not that many kind of um, um, references that they can go from. So that's why I found that. So we're changing that by drawing lots of black characters. So hopefully there'll be lots of references. Yeah, I like that. And you mentioned like uh, working with young people and like the response from there. Uh, and you guys, you do sort of uh, workshops and, and things in schools. So just interested to know like what basically what's that experience like for you and, and how do those young people respond to your work? Cause, and, I, and I asked this kind of partly knowing the answer because I also work with young yeah. people, but like, tell me your experience working with young people. Actually really good. Like sometimes you, you, you underestimate how kids will react to your stories. So when we see them reading, we, we see how engaged they are. They're, they're always asking us questions about the story. Oh, when's the next one coming out? Oh, have you got more? Da, da, da. And it's really heartwarming when you see the stories you write are intended for the target audience you're giving to, then you give it to the target audience and they love it. Like, especially disregarding the story, especially the, the tasks we do, the questions, the drawing tasks, to create your own character, create your own comics uh, strip, you know, um, write how you'll end this story, what could Troy have done differently, etc. So like, during workshops, it's really heartwarming to see the kids engaging with you know the, the 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 comic you're trying to produce to them. Yeah, the IQ is amazing. Like I remember me and Stevie did a workshop. We was like, oh, summarize the story, and he just did it word by word, like proper. And then, like, <laughs> like, we didn't even think of. We was like, oh, right, okay, cool. So I guess it kind of um, blows you back their mindset, like they're more smart than you think. Because we do like like younger, but not really young. But I would say like from year five to six, seven to eight. Um, that's okay, that's pretty eight, young. That's like yeah. seven years old, or is that um, seven or eight years old? Ten, yeah. ten, like fifteen. Oh, ten. Okay. Um, you, you, sometimes you think, oh, they're young. They wouldn't know that much about men. They actually know a lot of stuff. Like, and they're like, and they're like more violent than you think. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I've been in sessions, and and like I'll ask about sort of favorite cartoons or favorite anime, particularly when it comes to anime. I'm like, mm, should you be? I don't know if I can <laughs> condone. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, what they what they said, I like, you know, but I'm not sure if you should uh, like it as well. But yeah, so I I get that totally. Because when we're writing the comment, I always bring this fear up that is this is no cartoon violence. It's not. Mm. It's like. We try our best to censor it as much as we can, but that's my fear. My fear is that would this be too violent, even though it's like a fight against robots, for example, or when, spoilers, when the stabbings in Knife Boy, mm. obviously we try to censor it as much as we can, but even when it's censored, is it too violent? Is it not? That's also something I think about a lot. Yeah, that's yeah, a tough consideration. I guess yeah. for that kind of topic, you, you sort of, you have to address it, but it's like, it's about like yeah. not being gratuitous, I guess. I guess it's to do with um, your age group because we was we was for the lockdown we was close to doing a a comic with um felt people from Feltman and Belmarsh and I guess the older they are the more freedom you've got that you have to censor stuff. Yeah. Um, but when you were working with we're trying to create like a comic that's suitable for lots of ages, so you have to get the even it's not even about that you have to get the vocabulary that can't be too high advanced and it has to be. Mm. kind of like they will understand what sort of we try to do a generic one where lots of people can still kind of read it 
etc. I guess um, when it's older audience, you can you can censor it less. There's no censor. You can have fun with it and don't have to edit as much stuff. Censor more stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, but yeah, no, I I definitely agree. You're like like working with kids, you'll be surprised what they what they know, how much they pick up, and how they're able to analyze and ask questions. Like I've had sessions where I've I, I talked about some of the story ideas that we've got and just ask for feedback. And sometimes you, you, you get random stuff because they're kids, but um, sometimes yeah. you do get, like I remember there was one where a kid asked some questions about the characters. We made a suggestion and it was something that I'd already previously thought of. So wow. I was like, okay, yeah, we're actually doing that. So I don't know if that means my thinking isn't advanced enough or that kid is just like we're advanced i don't know yet but <laughs> i mean the kid is so advanced yeah that's, that's what, what i'm gonna say yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, the kid the kid's a genius you're, you're writing stories for the kids i guess if they like what you're doing i guess you should tell it to them what they like like even have you had questions where they're like oh can we work with you, can we work with you? yeah I've I've had many like uh job off job submissions like <laughs> um yeah like, can we work for you? I've got some good ideas. Um... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they do one session and now they think they can join the team. <laughs> so, so after your work with uh, Culture Seeds, I understand that you're you've now been selected onto the is it the Bank of Scotland Social Entrepreneurs Trade Up Program, um, which is part of SSC, which is uh, social. Oh, make it my acronym: School of Social Entrepreneurship. Uh, so, yeah, tell us about that. How did you how did you make that happen, and, and what's involved? Um, so I, I can answer that. Um, basically, we did a. It, it was that few stages. So we did an application, just talking about um, I did. So they 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 encouraging social social that like, people that address social issues so that, that's what mm. they're concentrating on so we had to do a grant stating what social change we're doing and what we what what experience uh, we have and what our aim is and how can we grow um if we're given if we're going on to this program so that was the first stage um so after that stage they sort of interviewed us um about um why do you want to join this program um and etc the last one was kind of like a like a dragon's den kind of thing where you uh, okay. a three minutes no 30, three yeah three minutes pitch explaining everything so from, from why you want to do it uh, what benefits you'll get from going on to the to the program um how do you see the business growing etc so you had to sort of convince them and then after that they, they offered us the the, the position and that starts because of the pandemic it, it's meant to be face to face but I guess they're doing it online now so right. um, that's going to be a two years course and they've given us some funding um, cool. it as well nice so well done for that yeah I've done uh, a few grant applications and I don't like doing them <laughs> to be honest but uh, it's kind of a necessary thing and so I know the, the process and sort of the yeah the process that you've had to get through to uh, to do that so so well done um and you mentioned a pandemic so how is that not just specific to this program but how has the pandemic kind of changed and the pandemic and the like the uncertainty around it i know it's changed things for for me and, and for us like my matter wise but it's really that <laughs> the uncertainty so what's that 
meant for you guys as a as a business and a brand it's the only thing that's really changed that we can't do workshops in schools anymore but mm. we can do them via zoom so that's <laughs> yeah so that's that interesting experience so it's just video workshops now until we know when we can go into schools again just like um with Feltham and Belmarsh we're actually meant to go in to uh run workshops and produce a comment specifically for what the the youth offenders prison wanted and then run workshops on them mm. but because of the pandemic that got changed to uh just creating a comic story that they want and then producing it for them instead of doing the workshops as well which we wanted to do we can't even do that with zoom or we can't go in so that's one of the main things that's changed i, I guess for us as well it made us realize we wasn't as future proofed as we thought so um uh, if we knew the pandemic, we would have loved to have lots of like, digital comics available, easy to read, where we was more on, our, on the hard copy and we was more concentrating on face-to-face. And as Stephen said, we've been forced to think outside the box that, no, we need more interaction on our site. We need more. We need to invest in things so we can do uh, online workshops and we need to start investing in more digital copies because... Luckily, uh, a website called Comixology exists. Yeah. Which I love if you, if if you've heard about that, where you can get comics from Amazon. Yeah, where they're bought by Luckily Amazon. that exists, so it's like very easy to to produce digital comics that you know it does. They do um they create guided reading for you. I think that's the word where, where the it takes you through the panels like panel by panel. Yes, yeah, exactly. I was amazed how simple they made that. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I know. All you have to do is upload your your PDFs. You know, put the name, everything, and then like it's like there's a digital comic that you created. Guided reading, I'm like, wow, okay. That was amazing, actually. So that helped a lot. Yeah, I've spent a bit more time on Comixology, getting our comics uh, sorted for that as well. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing you, you mentioned earlier is that the, uh, again, you brought up Marvel, and I was wondering, because that's something I think about, like, sort of, obviously, Marvel being, uh, and DC, but I, I feel like everyone says Marvel, but <laughs> being like the standard in, in terms I of. I know that as well. They're the same level, to be honest. Yeah. And, like, what does it mean to you to be like Marvel? So, like, what what aspect are you interested in? Because is is you know a lot of things they do, and is there any particular aspect like the universe or any particular types of characters? Mainly the universe, because we wanted to create a universe like them. And we also, what do we say, Anthony? We want to become the UK Marvel, the Marvel slash DC universe inspired us instead of creating those standalone comic series or standalone comic stories. We ended up creating an entire comic book universe with diverse characters and yeah like i said before the spin-off comics we do is set in our universe yeah so if you read even in some even like a few of those comics are standalone you will see uh comic comic characters that are in all that are present in all the other books for example the freedom fighters they're present in all the other books but stories aren't directed on them such as the mental stories directed on another young man, Knife Boy is directed on Troy. There's comic characters that exist in the world. Just like, for example, let's say, you know, Luke Cage, the, the TV series on Netflix, that's set in the same uh, cinematic universe as the Avengers. And you know how yeah, I get every now they'll talk about uh, the random green monster in, in New York, or which they're talking about Hulk, and this is in the Luke Cage story. They were talking about uh, Stark Tower or the green monster, which they're talking about the Hulk. So it's very similar to that where it's set in the same universe, but we show different areas of that universe. 
Mm. And then we bring crossover, crossover of our own characters. We bring characters from our main story that we haven't even released yet, where the main universe was created for. We bring a character from there into our other comic books. So basically how it is, that, that's what inspired us, the actual Marvel universe and the DC universe structure. Yeah, I get that. inspiration for creating our own universe. Yeah. Cool. All right. And Adam, because we want to ask you about a, like a storytelling tip, but I've got a couple like process questions yeah. it's interesting to know how you guys work so sort of on your story so uh-huh. so between like yourself and uh anthony is that uh, is one the writer one the well, artist we both or do both? we're actually both right oh, okay. like i'll give you a, a story so basically when we first started writing our main the piece of all comic book yeah our main universe um like i said in college anthony was originally just writing Stories here and there because he originally got um, inspiration when he was young. When he read, uh, what was that? Do you know the Marvel comic? Mutant X. Was it Mutant X? Where I don't know if you read it, but all the mutants were known in the world and mutants became celebrities, right? That's how it was. I forgot the actual comic book name, but that that basically that was the first comic book he ever read or comic story. So, and do you want to tell that story? Yeah, I think the story is called Mutant X, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and basically, um, it, it was a weird story. So basically, you know, uh, Magneto, he basically won. And um, he he made mutants be all-powerful. And so if he was a mutant, he was sort of in power. And if he was human, he wasn't in power. And I think, I guess, Spider-Man was a fake mutant because they found that his powers was, he basically got bitten by a spider. That's how he got his powers. He's not really a mutant. So he was a celebrity, and then he's he got exposed for being um, a fake mutant, and it, it kind of that story inspired me because it's the first time I've seen that like, the bad guys win. Yeah, oh, that's it. The main, oh yeah, I now remember the storyline was originally House of M. I think it's when Scarlet Witch warped reality and changes the universe. If you remember, oh. so that's what happened. That's one of the stories in House of M. That's one. That's where I learned from. So that specific one, mutant X, yeah. Yeah, so that, 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 and I was so intrigued by it. And, and the crazy thing is, I didn't even like comic books. So at the time when and I, I read, got you in, yeah, for me to actually think, ah, oh, this is actually, and I generally like Marvel because I, I don't know if you know it, you probably do know it because you're sort of comic friends. Um, what, what X Men's based on, so what Magneto is, who, who Magneto is. Oh, okay, yeah, like the sort of. Analog- what's the word analogy or allegory for like civil rights and yeah, yeah. And, and Malcolm X yeah yeah so Professor Xavier is Martin Luther King and yeah Magneto is uh, Malcolm, X. Malcolm X so yeah <laughs> any means uh, necessary yeah yeah so and then when you actually when I actually did and actually read it I was like yeah that's how that's how exactly how Malcolm X was like then writing the story the original question was. It's like me and Anthony, when we were writing the story, it's like we had some sort of telepathy because, for example, um, we write, we used to write it chapter by chapter. So Anthony write a chapter, I'll read a chapter, yeah, we'll talk about what we want to happen in the story. I'll read it, I'll be like, yeah, this is this is cool. And then I'll continue it with another chapter. And then for some reason it flowed so well, then Anthony will do the next chapter, then I'll do the next chapter, and then he'll do the next chapter. And then for some reason, everything we're writing was flowing so well. And to this day, that's how we write, oh, okay. basically. We discuss, right. we brainstorm ideas, and then the creative juices just start flowing. The hard bit, the hard bit is always starting. Yeah, definitely. I guess when it starts, 
it's easier to do it. It's just the beginning bit, like how do you start? And I guess I think me and Stephen work good because we're very critical of our writing. So like, yeah. if we read something, we'll be like, no, that's not it. Like, let's do something different, or or let's challenge ourselves. Oh, this is too big. We hate predictable work, basically. So I read comics. And stuff. I hate it when I know what's gonna happen. Like even with games, like even with games, like um, like Stephen saved me from getting Last of Us too because um, I proper like Last of Us, like the storyline behind it. Oh, I feel like you're about to go into controversial waters. <laughs> <here. We're> gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll let you continue. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, so I I proper loved it like the first one. But then Stephen and I actually shared that like, kind of kind of showed me what happens in the second one and I hated it. Ooh. <laughs> we, I, we don't we don't have time on this podcast to go through this, but I I I disagree. But I, but Tassie hasn't played it yet. So um, so she needs to play it and then uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna discuss it but i uh when we do that episode yeah. i'll share that with you guys and then yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> no because i yeah we can talk about this i can i can talk about this for yeah because uh, i'm super hour. excited to play it because everyone said it makes them feel really uncomfortable yeah. and my thing about just stories in general is like a story doesn't necessarily have to you don't have to have fun for it to be a good yeah. story uh yeah but but I, I get your there. point. I get without delving into <laughs> into uh, the Last of Us Part Two, but I, I get your I get your point. You actually you also answered my my next question. I was going to ask about like how you guys work together to make uh, to make the stories, and you sort of <laughs> uh, you've done that. So it's an interesting oh, process, and yeah. yeah, I guess it's the the benefit of having the sort of two people you can check yeah. check each other's work, so to speak, and uh, make sure those ideas are getting tested. So that's really cool. Um, so before we uh, go into our bonus round, I just want to uh, get our guests to give us some advice from their perspective on making stories. And um, yeah, pretty much when we have you know other comic uh, creators on, it's nice to just find out what bits of advice people have. And is there anything you can give any aspiring comic creators that might be listening uh, a particular piece of advice on making comics, whether it's on the artwork side or the storytelling side, anything you guys want to share? It's very important to get your main character's goals correct. You need his goals. I feel, this is my opinion. I feel like your main, this is to do with the villains as well. If you have a villain in your story, your main character's goals need to be relatable and you need to root for the main character. And then you need the villain. I feel that your villain needs to be either, it needs to be a character you can understand why he does what he does through, you learn that maybe through backstory or you root for him as well. You know what I mean? So that creates, I think that creates turmoil when you're reading the story, like you're thinking, wait, should I, I understand the villain point of view but i really want the, the main character to succeed mm. and then that creates in the story it makes it easy to write because that creates conflict in the story let's say for example two uh, the villain and and, and the hero have the same goal but they're, they're going through it they're going at it in different ways uh, the hero is obviously being doing it through justice the the villain is doing it for saying ah oh, you can do bad for the greater good da, 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 da. so that my opinion is that's very important to get your hero's character goals correct 
well, in your opinion, whatever correct is, and the villain's ideals, goals, and drive correct as well, because you don't want a bland villain, you don't want a bland main character. That's, I feel like the character, character, the heroes and the villains of the story create the whole story, in my opinion. So it's very yeah. important to think about who your main character is, what his goals is, what his goals are, should I say. You know, get his personality correct. Make it as, I'll say, make it as relatable. The good idea is to make it relatable to yourself if you want to, or someone you aspire to be like. Mm. And then the villain-wise, make him the complete opposite, I would say. But still have, still give you the sense of, I kind of want the villain to succeed in a way. I understand his goal. He's not a bland, not a bland yeah, he's not a bland villain that just kills for whatever, or hurts for, no for whatever, or does whatever, because he's, yes, I, I, I don't like yeah. villains like that. Because you touched opinion. on, like, X- X-Men. And that's a good example of like, yeah, the uh, Xavier and Magneto. Yeah. yeah, they both actually kind of have the same goal, but then uh, Xavier takes the peaceful route. Magneto takes the if you if it's my way the highway route. So yeah, that's my opinion. Um, I, I guess I guess touching on what Stephen said, it's true. Um, you have to be very very careful with how you do your characters because comic fans and even kids they will correct you. So you have to be consistent. So. Say if one of your characters is lazy, known for sleeping, for example, and it doesn't correspond with what the character is doing in the story, people will be like, "Hang on, like that's not that's not the characteristics." They don't. They say it's not in character. Yeah, yeah it's not it's not in character because even even kids like young, if you go to workshops, they're like, "Oh, knife," but they'll remember story. They'll remember like kids don't forget. They'll be like, "Oh, but in knife this happened and." They're not. They're not meant to be friends because they had all, like they know these stuff. So I guess when you write your characters, make sure you remember your bio. Bio is the most important thing. Like writing mm. a bio of the characters and being very consistent with the characters. So be careful what characteristics you give them. Now, obviously, um, and explain if they character character characteristics change through events. You have to explain it. You can't just have them active one way and and then, and then switch. Yeah, they're acting a different way. Cool. I like that. I like both of those uh, tips. There's definitely things that I've uh, I've said to sort of young people in sessions. Get those goals. Characters have got to be uh, after something. Otherwise, you just got a passive uh, passive protagonist, and you don't want that in your story. Uh, actually, there are examples of that, but yeah, generally speaking, you don't want that. Um, cool. All right. So, um, kind of uh, before we before we wrap up, we want to we like to throw like uh, bonus questions at people uh, at our <laughs> at our guests. So, uh, Tazzy, what have you got uh, for these guys? Yeah, I think I'm going to ask this question first because it kind of goes with the storytelling tip of you know even your villain should have uh, some substance. Um, yeah. and just a bit of your opinion on um, Black Panther. So I think they got really good balance in between, like between the uh, villain um, there. But the specific question is: um, as creators of black comic book characters, what did Chadwick Boseman's performance as Black Panther mean for you? Amazing, I thought. Amazing, I thought. The only issue I have with, with how Black Panther was received was that I felt like people were too what's the word happy that. It's going to sound weird, but people are too happy that a black character is now on the main stage. I didn't like that because it made it seem like black characters being on the main stage isn't a normal thing, which is not. But I didn't like how uh, now black characters are on the main stage. Oh, it's such a big deal. Why is it not normal? You know, but he, 
well, granted, his performance amazing, and uh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. But his performance was amazing. I loved the movie. I loved the, how they brought they represented African culture quite well as well. So yeah, that's my opinion on it. And regarding if you want to talk about Killmonger, like like we said about villains, his goals I really liked his goals, but the way he went about it, obviously bad. But his goals made sense. Mm. So yeah, that's my opinion. yeah. I could get behind that. I really felt felt for him, uh, especially the way he died. Is he dead? Is he dead though? I don't think he's dead. Wait, who? Controversial. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, and I, I think he is just because, and obviously I'm sure like the plans have now changed to, based on the um, death of Chadwick Boseman, but um, just at the time I was thinking, I was wondering like the way they left it, they could have left it open. But I feel if they were to have brought Killmonger back, it would it would kind of undermine the way he went out. Yeah, he said, he said, um, bury me with my ancestors that what um, jumped from the ships because they uh, bonded was, sorry, um, death was better than bondage. Yeah, like, you, can't, you can't come back from that. You have to, that's yeah. a mic drop kind yeah, of moment. Yeah. You can't come back <laughs> and pick up the mic and keep talking. So I think, I think he's, yeah, I think right, he's done. I'm still alive, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So before we get into like a whole different podcast, <laughs> uh, what are your favourite comic book characters and why? I'll say, like I said, Thanos. First, because of his really, I love, I love powerful characters, but I love his, like I said, I love villains that have relatable goals. Well, not relatable, I'll say, but goals you can understand why he's doing it. And I love his conviction, his presence. And I really like, I love the Infinity Gauntlet as well. So it's basically, I love his conviction. Uh, his goals, the way he went went about it, the command he had over his his underlings, the fear he instilled in like the opposition characters. I love the way just how he moves in the scene, how he presents himself, how he speaks. You know, the he has authority in his voice and many his goals. I can understand why he wants to erase half the universe. Basically, that's why I love Thanos. There's a there's a a lot of people that feel the same way as you. Let's <laughs> <laughs> find it women. I, lo- I love villain characters. I love villains more than heroes, to be honest. Well, good villains, not terrible ones. Yeah, I think I think Stephen, what Stephen said to me ages ago is he likes, he doesn't like villains that are basically dumb that do stuff for no reason. So he wouldn't like a joke. Yeah, I, I really don't like the Joker. I, I like the Joker. I don't like the Joker at all. Yeah, I get what he means. Oh, that's like, another controversial opinion. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I'm going to. I'm gonna put a pin in that. Basically, for me, I, I hate like basically Dragon Ball Z. Steven doesn't like Kid Buu. Thinks he's too stupid, but I like Kid Buu. Um, okay, I'll let you have that one. I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer Freezer. Oh. Yeah, as in free. Oh no, I prefer Soul because he kind of I like intelligent villains. That are that's that's my thing, isn't it? So that's why I like Magneto. Like one of my favorite characters is. Uh, Magneto, um, and now uh, one of my characters is what's that main character of One Punch Man? Wait, mate, the bald head guy. Oh, Saitama. Yeah, yeah, his head is, Yeah, I like him because I like his his personality is too funny. And yes, and yes, manga is included in the question because that's us Japanese comics. I have to, <laughs> I have to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not stopping you. Um, <laughs> Um, also, we want to know where did the name uh, Peneficent come from? Well, brainstorming words, and well, under the, we want to do 
present that the pen and the sword, the pen is great. So we thought, okay, what can we put? Can we put two words together? So we basically put pen and the word magnificent, and yeah, that's how it came about. Nice, quite quite straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but still, pretty. Um, I like that. There's that meaning behind it. It's pretty cool. What are some of your favourite non-comic stories uh, you would recommend to our listeners? Non-comic stories? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would say Game of Thrones, if it wasn't for the last season. season all the yeah, that's a big caveat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if it was, other than that, yeah, I will say Game of Thrones. Maybe the uh, book will redeem that final season and uh, you can just replace the book. (laughs) Yeah. What would you, Anthony? Does it it include, does it have to be a book story or just any story that's not coming? No, it can just be any non-comic story. Um, I would say Breaking Bad. Um, Mm. That's a good story. I like the concept of someone being a geek, a nerd, and just the way he transformed into this sort of Alpha male, bad man, badass. So, yeah, I like the whole thing. Basically, good character development. Yeah. Character arc. Yeah, basically. Heisenberg. <laughs> I see, like, so you, you guys, both of you seem to be very character-focused and, like, that seems to be Big, big importance for you. I think that's the most important thing in the story. Actually, I think that's actually definitely the most important. More than the action, more than the set pieces in the story, it's the characters. The characters are the ones that drive a story and what sells the story and what people relate to in the story. And, and also emotional, it's when you have a good character, people are emotionally attached to that character. So like if somehow they die or this something happens to them, people are, if the character didn't mean nothing, they weren't good character. Because I've watched stuff that I didn't care about the character if he died. It was like, who is he anyway? What did he do? Like, I didn't know about him. But the characters that was that kind of like presented better and a long story that I probably were attached to them something happens to them even when they're in danger I'm like oh my god Pete this is going to happen like, I'm pro- it's like I'm talking to the TV telling him to like go like, like you can hear what I'm saying <laughs> so, like, that's what when a good character is that's how you're like when you're attached to a character yeah and uh, finally where can people find you and what projects projects would you like to shout out um, visit beneficent.com uh, or our Instagram at beneficent um, you'll see um, our current project, which is our comic story, State of Mind. Issue one's released. Issue two is coming soon. So, yeah, check our Instagram, at Pinificent, or our website, www.pinificent.com. Cool. Well, thanks for that, guys. Um, yeah, no, thanks for joining us uh, for this interview. Uh, like I said, it, uh, so when I first met you, just interested in, one, just to see other black comic creators. <laughs> so that kind of made you stand up, but just to hear like um, sort of how you've created your stories and where that uh, inspiration has come from. So yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. I'm looking forward to your comic about the pandemic. When it oh comes yeah, up. you know what? I almost forgot what you... Uh, uh, yeah, so we, we obviously have a have a podcast um that has uh by the time this comes out we've now finished but we have uh, hit our goal and one of the things that we wanted to do is produce the comic because you know speaking about mental health it's it's something that uh i've come at it just because of the pandemic and sort of my own thoughts um and experiences through it 
and wanted to put that into a story so that's going to be sort of my uh, i guess my attempt at making something it's not primarily at, um, at mental health but it's about the business side what happens when you have this goal this dream and then something outside of your control just comes and sort of dashes the plans uh, that you had which has basically been my year um and how you how do you deal with, with that from a business perspective but also from a mental mental health perspective so that's something i want to explore and um as part of the the kickstarter uh look to produce a collector's edition of it and get um other artists to produce variant covers so uh talking to um guys from pinificent about doing that so yeah definitely look out for that um by the end of the year uh if all things go well we'll be able to sort of collaborate on that and uh, include that in uh in the next uh Maya Mada release um and yeah thanks for the setup i almost forgot my own my own comic but uh, yeah so if you enjoyed this episode you can subscribe to us or we're on apple or on spotify um you can give us a rating and review and it just helps us reach more listeners and fans of story discussions um i just mentioned the new manga that we're going to be working on we also have existing manga that is all available uh, on our website including our late our current latest uh, manga hot lunch volume one uh, it's all up on uh, mymatter.com forward slash manga. Uh, and then we've also uh, got gaming activity. So we're going to be doing more stuff on uh, on Twitch. We have a Discord community, which will be linked to in our show notes that you can join. And when we have uh, gamepad events or other things, we're uh, going to be doing stuff with uh, Animal Crossing, other interviews with people in the games industry, uh, things like that you'll be uh, made aware so yeah other than that please stay tuned uh, for more podcast episodes including creator interviews like these video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture uh, you can always give us a shout directly our email address is feedback at myamada.com and the website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story until next time stay tuned and stay safe everyone Thank you.